0: What happens if you make a painting out of ectoplasm? Why do squirrels gather nuts? Are they preparing for something we don't know about? All of these questions you can find the answer to ON THIS PARANORMAL LIFE! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week myself and the paranormal investigator across from me, Kit Greer-Mulvena, investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion at the end as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. Kit, you know every week we have to dive into the mud, into the swamp water, and root around in the darkness and pull something to the light. Do you feel mentally prepared today to undertake such a task?
1: I do. I mean, that's a task we literally, unfiguratively do all the time. Mostly, it's a boot.
0: Sure, yeah, most of the time it's a boot. You root
1: around on there, Uh uh-oh, boot, 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 tire, boot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, it can be a painstaking process, researching the paranormal, uh, but it is one I am, I ha- I've built the mental fortitude up over years, and I'm ready for it today.
0: Yeah, we, we've been doing this so long, that we've actually opened up a shoe store called Swamp Boots, <laughs> and you can get the, the tenderest boots you've ever come across.
1: Yeah, now matching boots, they're hard to come by. You're going
0: to want to go to another store.
1: But if you've got one foot bigger than the other, or you like rocking two styles at the same time... We got you covered.
0: Yeah, if you're into your Shrek core, you're going to want to come down to Swamp Boots or visit swampboots.com.
1: Swampboots.co. Unbelievably, swampboots.com was taken.
0: Right. Swampboots.swamp <laughs> is our uh, URL. Swamp.boots. <laughs> rory at swamp.boots. <laughs> you're going to want to email Rory at swampbootsmanagement.com <laughs> to get a pair of the dampest shoes you'll ever wear it's like
1: it's like why 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 does this <laughs> clearly bad business have like such a developed e-commerce right. side we got multiple managers email addresses we're websites. on
0: shopify we're on instagram i spent 10k on tiktok ads this month and it's just a jpeg of a fucking wet boot <laughs> no context But that's how you get people talking, you know? They're scrolling through their Instagram stories one day, they're scrolling through Twitter, and all of a sudden, they see a picture of a wet boot. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people start talking. Hey, did you see the boot? I saw, I saw a wet boot on my timeline. Yeah. Next thing you know, f***ing... The Kardashians are rocking the wettest boots in town, aka swamp boots.com. We're currently
1: putting in a, it's a long shot pitch trying to get Jason Momoa in a wet boot for oh, the yeah. Oscars.
0: Aquaman? Yeah, that'll track.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you uh, know that
0: f***er's got some wet boots.
1: <laughs> and the great thing is about wetboots.com is it, it all started, it's kind of a rags to riches tale, literally, because we started ironically out of a car boot sale. <laughs> we literally were- selling <laughs> Boots. We sell
0: rags for riches. Yes. That's kind of the business model of Swampboots.com. Why did I eat ice halfway through the intro to this podcast? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I'm freaking out over. over.
1: I think we brought it up before. Rory is, I mean, he is from Georgia originally. So, uh, but yeah, you got to remember that we can, we can drink. You might even be (laughs) able to uh, secretly eat a piece of a banana or something when the camera isn't on you during a podcast, but you can't eat ice.
0: can't eat ice. No, I am unfortunately part of an elite league of ice eaters. I thought ice eating was kind of uh, restricted to weirdos, um, perverts, but it turns out if you go online, there's a thriving community of ice eaters out there. I think there's even an entire Reddit for ice eaters that includes... Ice eater memes created for the ice eating community. I think you
1: showed me this once. That it was just people uploading just like pictures from their iPhone of like a tray of ice with just the caption like, mmm, <laughs> Or just yum. a b-
0: bowl of ice that says dinner is served. <laughs> yeah. Or a picture of crushed ice saying, you know, this is the good shit. <laughs> a little memes like that. I definitely recommend checking it out if you're an ice eater. Uh, but Even though ice eaters do sound like a paranormal beast kit, we're not here to investigate them. We have a completely different story that we need to dive into today on the podcast. Now, today's episode doesn't begin with a UFO sighting or a cryptid attack. Instead, it begins with an eBay listing. But what was the item that was listed for auction kit? We're going to talk about it today. After a quick word from today's sponsors. And a reminder that you can get every episode of This Paranormal Life ad-free over on Patreon.com forward slash Swamp Boots. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's forward slash This Paranormal Life. I got too many businesses going around in my head. Forward slash Swamp Boots. In February of the year 2000, a post appeared on the website eBay selling a strange painting. Was eBay going in 2000? Oh yeah, eBay's been going for a long time. I love eBay so much. Do you with eBay? Uh, You know, I used to a lot more when I was younger. I feel like I don't mess around with it uh, ever since I got a Nintendo 3DS that didn't work and then an iPhone 5 that didn't work and some boots that were bone dry. (laughs) every item was missold to me which is why i stopped using ebay and also started a little business venture of my own swampboots.com. i don't want to talk i don't don't, want the whole episode i just want
1: to i don't want this to become like a a whole thing because sometimes (laughs) sure on this paranormal life like an idea will come up or we'll we'll be reminded of something yeah at the beginning and then it kind of becomes like pretty dominant pretty dominant throughout we've seen it before Mm -hmm. chompies
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is still thriving, by the way. You're talking
1: about moths in your apartment, things like that.
0: Yeah, sure. I just don't want... Ongoing current affairs.
1: Because Boot is its own business, right? Which doesn't really overlap with the podcast.
0: Well, it overlaps a little more than you think, financially, let's just say. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: I just wouldn't want it to get in the way of a great paranormal investigation.
0: And it won't. And that's why I can tell you right now, Kit, that eBay was created on the 3rd of September, 1995. Holy shit. Do you want to know how much
1: of an eBay OG I am? Yes. I've been addicted to the bay for so long. I use it all the time. And to this day, my account is legally set up in my mum's name because whenever I started cruising the bay, I was too young to legally hold an account. So, You're I, had, too scared. so I had to steal my mother's identity. <laughs> so, I, so I always get like up whenever. Uh, you know, I'll get like a notification or so, or someone will send me a message, a buyer will send me a message. Cause I'm, I'm bidding. I'm haggling hard in the DMs. Right. And they're like, listen, Joan, we can't come down this price any further. And I'm like, oh
0: shit. Yeah. And you're I'm, like, how do you know my mother's name? Yeah, really what putting, have you done with her? I'm putting my mother in harm's way. <laughs> uh, this, this is a little illustration of how nerdy I was as a teenager. I used to use eBay as a child to bid on matrix action figures. <laughs>
1: And you were definitely nine years old, bidding furiously against 40 to 50 year olds.
0: Oh, yeah. Using my mother's name, of course, which (laughs) happened to be Cypher. (laughs) We were all pretty into the movie. You
1: you were sitting at your (laughs) 1997 Dell 500 meg RAM family (laughs) computer with Oakley wraparound shades (laughs) on and a black coat.
0: A leather trench coat. I lost the bidding for a Morpheus action figure, and I turned to my mother and said, "Just unplug me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in this program anymore." She's like, "Okay, no more Matrix, no more Matrix action figures." <laughs> this is gone too Rory far. Rory at
1: the breakfast table, nine years old, just like stirring the bowl of Cocoa Pops. Like, you know what the f- up thing, mother? <laughs> you know what the f- up thing is, mother? I don't know whether these
0: pops are real. All I know is they taste all the same. <laughs> They're all ones and zeros. We're getting so distracted here. We need to talk about a specific item that was listed on eBay in February of the year 2000. Right. It was a painting, a strange painting, depicting a child standing next to some kind of doll with hands reaching out from the darkness behind them. Jesus, what a horrible painting. Pretty intense and pretty eerie by itself. But viewers of the item were surprised to see that along with the description and pictures of the painting, this listing also came with a legal warning. The warning read, Do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease, faint of heart, or are unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agree to release the owners of all liability in relation to any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. This painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life.
1: Jesus, what was the, do we know what the, uh, the listing name was? Was this going under supernatural painting or uh, description
0: of the image itself? I don't know exactly what the listing name was, but the painting itself, the official name, I believe, is The Hands Resist Him. <laughs> do we know how much it was being sold for? I know how much it was eventually sold for, which I will get onto later. I believe okay. the original listing probably was quite low. <laughs> right, but it, No reserve, th- 99p. Kit, okay, you've just completely bypassed the possibility that these people could just be trying to do quite a nice thing which is sell the painting for the appropriate value, but warn the people bidding on it that some pretty bad shit might happen to you if you do purchase it. Let's just skip a couple of steps ahead in what is clearly about to be
1: a cursed uh, I No one said curse. No These one said curse. These
0: belong. No one
1: said that. Like Optimus Prime and Bin Laden at the bottom of the sea. This <laughs> needs to go to
0: landfill. Look, They said at the end of this, this painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. No one said it would impact it badly.
1: No one said it would impact it in a negative way. Okay, well, I look forward to part two, act two, when they win the lottery. Sure. And move to the Bahamas.
0: The opening, of course, of the warning was, do not purchase it if you're susceptible to stress-related diseases or faint of heart, or you don't like curses. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
1: All right. I just want to. Okay. Look, I've said my piece. I just want to kind of foreshadow what I think is the reality of what should be happening here. But let's hear what actually happened.
0: Okay. So I know you're keen to figure out what was this painting, where did it come from, why did the owners feel like they had to put this warning in the eBay listing? Well, to find out, we're gonna have to deep dive into the mysterious creation of the painting. A painting, as I said, known by the name, The Hands Resist Him. It all began way back in 1972 with an artist known as William Stoneham. Back then, Stoneham was contracted to create two paintings for $200 each. While I don't know what the first one was, the second was The Hands Resist Him. One of the most haunted paintings. Yeah, it's haunted. Okay in the history of the paranormal world I forgot I wrote that line in there so I didn't know when I revealed the fact that the painting was yeah, cursed <laughs> so as all you just hell
1: get, can you just not get so angry whenever I start making a point well next I like time? to
0: be the one to reveal information so because it's my episode so I don't like you butting in early and saying this painting's pretty cursed I'm like oh that was going to be kind of a big beat later on in the story so I'm,
1: we may have to cut he that literally you know? in the ebay listing said bad shit will happen <laughs> if you buy this
0: According to the artist, the boy in the painting is based on an old photograph of himself. There's a glass door behind him that is supposed to represent the barrier between the real world and the fantasy world. Which is kind of f***ed up because the quote-unquote fantasy world is completely dark and filled with disembodied hands that are trying to grab him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not like Gandalf. And a unicorn in the background. It's yeah, a Fantasy,
1: void. yeah, meant something different to him and to you, I think. Yeah. You know, that could be an embarrassing thing about being an artist, right? Is you, you're you kind of burying your soul a bit, aren't you? You're kind of showing the world a little bit of your inner world that maybe you've never shared before. Yeah. A um, bit embarrassing if you paint what is supposed to be your fantasy world and everyone else thinks it's really up, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like, So as you can see, guys, um, I have painted, this is me as a little boy. And then, you oh, know, nice. this is me just um, sweetly dreaming at night. And then above my uh. head, you could just see my dreams, which are, uh, yeah, just as you can tell, typical
0: dreams. Right. Okay. No, no, I am looking at the painting now. and Which part is the dream? The, the door or the doll beside you? Is that... Is that what the... It's like dreaming of companionship, I guess. That is nice. That is nice.
1: Yeah. Um, he's the Nightbringer. It's actually <laughs> not a doll. He's a Nightbringer. Oh. <laughs> and then the door is... Uh, w- was was, oh. the, was the Black Void. So most nights, right. the Nightbringer would take <laughs> me to the Black Void. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. You've no, seen no, the Black, no, Black no, Void, right? We
0: well, as in... Now, slow down here a little second because I'm struggling to, to kind of un- to relate to this one. The Black Void is in... We go there when we sleep. And that is where the beauty of the mind can kind of create substance. So that's where we dream of our loved ones. What kind of Mickey, Mickey Mouse Disney over. level dreams
1: are you had? Hey, we've all been to the Black Void, right? What I'm saying is uh, maybe the artist is displaying that his interior life mm. that he's painting and bringing to the world is a bit darker than everyone else's.
0: You know, I always say, you know, as people who create art and do share it, whether it's comedy, this podcast music, writing. Uh, I always say sharing your art is like showing people a nude of your mind.
1: That's beautiful, actually. And it,
0: I actually believe that is true. It's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. You don't want too many people to see it. You're scared of what people will think. Right. You're you scared
1: know. of the iCloud leaks, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your ideas look bigger in person than they do <laughs> in the picture. You're like maybe I'll take a couple more nudes of my mind because <laughs> you
1: send them to people who aren't expecting it, and
0: that is technically harassment, <laughs> right? So uh, it's it's a delicate process, but that's part of being an artist is expressing yourself. And as we've seen today, sometimes those expressions can be a little creepy. I know I described it in pretty full detail, but it is kind of hard to imagine. So, Kit, I'm just going to send you a picture right now of what this painting looks like.
1: If you're watching this on YouTube.com, search This Paranormal Life. You could probably see this for yourself. Uh, Otherwise, no problem. I'll describe it to you. This is uh, pretty... I feel like the technical level of this painting is pretty good. This is a pretty well-executed painting. Yeah, little boy. A doll. I was about to say little girl. No, a doll. But a life-size doll. uh, And standing at a door... The little boy really looks like a little man. Uh, I mean, as borderline <laughs> Kevin Costner kind of shrunken down to a little boy size. Yeah. Uh, and then behind him, unmistakably, unmistakably, against kind of the bla- the black pane of glass, just multiple tiny hands reaching against the glass as if trying to get out. Very creepy stuff. Horrible. No one should want this. The only place this belongs is in some kind of museum of freaks. Uh, Or maybe a bar for goth chicks.
0: Yeah, it's very unsettling. I don't know anyone that would want to have this on their walls. In 1974, the painting was completed and put on display at the Fine Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills. But it didn't stay there long. Something about this painting felt off. While in the gallery, it was reviewed by an art critic for the Los Angeles Times and soon after was purchased by actor John Marley, who's probably best known for being the guy who woke up next to a horse's head in The Godfather. It's a good reference. But back then, the painting came with no warning, and those who purchased it had already sealed their fate. The story goes that a few years after the painting had sold, the art critic for the Los Angeles Times passed away. Then, the owner of the gallery passed away. Then, of course, John Marley himself died in 1984. Yes, he was having open heart surgery and doctors claimed that he passed away as part of a complication. But Kit, could the wrath of this painting that he'd purchased just 10 years ago have been the real cause? A mere blink. (laughs) 10 years now, we've been in the cursed objects game for a long time, and we know that a string of mysterious deaths doesn't really mean shit. We saw it with the curse of Tutankhamun. We saw it with the curse of the, uh, the mummy in the British Museum. We've seen it a lot of times, and we know that just because a lot of people die in connection with an object isn't definitive proof that that object is cursed. Not at all, and uh, I think it's a funny paradox
1: to do with curses. Curses are some of the most famous paranormal uh, phenomenon in the world and in mm-hmm. history, and they are some of the most fun to explore. Actually, probably one of the hardest to um, prove and get a double yes at the end of an episode of TPL for.
0: Ooh, really? Yeah, not that hard though. Always like sometimes I it just kind of falls ever on your lap. Given one a yes, we well actually, I gave one a yes, and it was a curse painting okay it was the last curse painting we investigated on this podcast which you the hosted. woman in the rain yes yeah. I did host it yeah and it was so, a pretty compelling case actually just, I just think the host kind of knocked it out of the just park to make
1: clear why yeah you might have been invested in that one but point being yeah curses are deeply inbuilt into human nature and psychology the concept of a curse um, but proving one can be tricky That's yeah something I think we can achieve today
0: but luckily or maybe unluckily this was only the beginning of the journey with this painting after this string of deaths the painting disappeared probably handed down and passed around to friends and family before eventually being discovered by an art seller who had found it left abandoned behind an old brewery jesus wow yeah for,
1: for a painting that was worth something to someone at one point yeah. exactly but that's the problem with art; it is subjective and i'll be quite honest uh the commission that you said this was painted for was more, a lot more than I thought this, I think I said this was worth 99p, no reserve on right. eBay. So... Uh, it was
0: originally created for 200 bucks.
1: So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, someone took a look at it and said, what a hunk of junk and threw it out the back of a brewery.
0: Yeah, I'm a little suspicious about why an art seller would be looking for pieces in the <laughs> dumpster behind a bar. <laughs> You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he has to see this art seller's qualifications. Yeah, keep
1: an eye on that guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, I call this one the messy exit. That's a dirty diaper. You found that in the bin as well. <laughs> no, no, it's art. It's art.
1: <laughs> this one was created by a contemporary artist with a lot of potential. A lot of potential. He's only new to the game at 18 months old. <laughs> so if you get in now, this work is sure to appreciate.
0: <laughs> it's like, I call this one Bliss. That's a used needle. That is a used needle. <laughs> Wasn't used when I found it. Okay. <laughs> Bliss makes sense now. This next piece is actually a piece of performance art. It's called Give Me Your F***ing Wallet.
1: <laughs> Performed by me today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I call this piece lunch. It's an old discarded sandwich. It's, it's art? No, it's my f***ing lunch. Did you hear me? I'm starving over here. Not everything's a piece. (laughs) Not Not everything's everything's (laughs) art. Sometimes it's food and sustenance. (laughs) This quote unquote art seller sold the painting to a young Californian couple who were excited to own such a beautiful and haunting piece of art. But unlike its previous owners, they had no idea of how their lives were going to change. Over the next few years, this young couple were haunted relentlessly by the painting. And I'm not talking about strange noises and bad vibes. One night, they said the doll in the painting had a gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> Strapped
2: up? <laughs>
1: How could that happen? <laughs> they look in the painting one day. Little boy's now sitting on the stoop, like you know, polishing his Glock 9 mm Like <laughs> he's like, bro, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, hey, you're to blame. You took me to East LA, bro. Right. He's
0: like, I'm just fitting in <laughs> with the furniture. All right. The owners are like, garbage paintings are built different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is sketchy. Now, when I read this, I, same as you, had a little chuckle. Then something weird happened. Kit, take a look at that picture of the painting I sent you. <laughs> and tell me whether or not the doll in the painting has a gun.
1: <laughs> did, you, did you put mushrooms in my coffee? <laughs> Am I about to be taken on a, on a strange
0: First journey? glance. First glance. Imagine you just caught it out of the corner of your eye. What do you mean? It looks like the doll is holding a gun. (laughs) Does it? Does it? It for sure does. I mean, there's maybe a shadow. Bro, what? She's holding him at gunpoint.
1: (laughs) Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're (laughs) saying. Uh, Yeah, okay, okay. If you squint, if you squint, she's holding something. It looks like she's holding a, a, a miniature clean canteen bottle, but then that intersects, this is impossible to describe, but it intersects it with the frame of the door behind them, creating a right angle shape that looks like it's pointed straight at the boy. So, yes, walking through uh, your mid-century uh, East LA home at night with the moon, full moon outside. You glance at the painting, it might look like the boy's being held at gunpoint.
0: Yeah. For the record, the doll is holding something. The artist claims it's supposed to be a, for some reason, a cell battery with a tangle of wires. But the couple were adamant that it changed in the night. And this was only one of the bizarre events that started taking place. One night, their four-year-old daughter burst into their room. She was crying her eyes out, completely inconsolable. Eventually... She calmed down enough that the parents could talk to her. It's okay, sweetheart. We all have bad dreams sometimes, even mommies and daddies. She replied. It wasn't a dream. It was real. What was, my dear? The children. They keep sneaking into my room. The parents' blood ran cold. Their daughter was an only child. (laughs) So they asked her. (laughs) No, no, no. Pause the scene. Pause the scene. Is there something funny going on here? Because I don't appreciate that halfway through my dramatic reenactment of a pretty traumatic event you're taking this shit so lightly. I'm about to hold you at gunpoint, you <laughs> I, son of a bitch. I,
1: I'm, I'm not. I'm, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the idea that they, they're like, oh shit, we don't have any other children. <laughs> In that moment they realize? Yeah, it's, it's like, the, ch- the children, but that's fine. So we, but we only have one child. <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay, yes, you know, obviously I have dramatized this scene slightly. I'm not sure if it played out exactly like this, yep. but, you know, it's just to add dramatic effect and t- to, this, to this moment, to this pivotal moment. Yes. The parents have realized, we only have one kid. <gasps> so they asked her, what children are you talking about, sweetie? The boy and the doll from the painting. This little girl claimed that the boy and the doll were leaving the painting at night and wandering around the apartment, yelling and fighting with each other in the dark.
1: (laughs) Let me start by saying this. This couple deserve everything that happens. Sure. Don't put this up in your house if you have children. Like I said earlier, if you're some kind of like cool goth couple in your house, you've got a lot of lit candles and a lot of, like, the walls are painted red, and the whole thing's pretty dark and cool, Uh, sure, fine, you could probably pull this off. If you have children, children shouldn't even be watching The Lion King. That's too traumatizing. Way too traumatizing. Let alone a doll holding a a (laughs) desert eagle to a little boy's head (laughs) with the screams of the innocent behind him reaching out for justice.
0: Yeah, that's way too much. I watched The Lion King when I was a child and it was so impressionable on me that I cried for seven days after Mufasa died and then went outside and ate a bunch of bugs.
1: Because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. (laughs) So you stopped watching halfway through. It seems like, yeah, it's I guess if you're a kid, you're like Mufasa dies and you're like, this is the most f***ed movie I've ever seen. Like not knowing that that was like the emotional high point of the movie, and it's all kind of downhill from there. Yeah, um, in a good way. Uh, but you're just like, I can't have whatever's gonna happen next. Simba's probably gonna be <laughs> f- in beaten to death (laughs) by the hyenas, for all I know.
0: The the credits are going to roll with Simba's skin being used by a hunter to make a rug in front of a fireplace. God, nature really is cruel. And I can't handle that. A a warthog showed up and said, Hakuna Matata, and I thought he was casting a spell that would turn Simba to ash. I panicked and turned the TV off so quickly. To this day, I didn't realize there was a happy ending and it was all kind of nice. So, uh, yeah, that's why I've never seen The End of the Lion King, unfortunately.
1: Whenever I was a little kid, I went to um, Belfast. They had uh, like an animatronic dinosaur exhibition. Hell yeah. Life-size dinosaurs animatronic. Some
0: Jurassic Park shit.
1: (laughs) Very ahead of its time. Yeah. um, I screamed and screamed and clawed to get... I was taking it as far as I knew. I was face to face with a T-Rex swinging its tail out into the audience. I was like, "Ah, ah, ah." just like, you know, like, just like pulling my mom's hair out. Like I've gone completely feral, like getting out of her arms, (laughs) like trying to run out of the room. You know, kids can't handle this level of peril.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you seeing a quote unquote dinosaur, your parents could tell you, oh, these... These existed a million years ago, hundreds of millions of years ago. And you're like, I don't know when that was. I have no concept of time. Right. I remember when granny v- visited last Christmas. Was that a million years ago? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it like could, that could very much still exist in today's
1: world. It's like the memes of um, how we as children reacted when we heard that uh, the... Solar system was gonna end someday, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, and it's like we were d- went into mourning, distraught, distraught, yeah. because someone's like, in uh, six hundred million years, the sun's gonna explode and burn everything to ashes. You're
0: like, what, what do you mean? We we know the end is coming. Yeah. You're like, what the f- are we doing? We need to figure this shit out.
1: Well, where's the lie? By the way, we were kind of right. Yeah, that we were, we kind of just assumed it was all gonna go on forever. That it's like. Kind of naive for parents to just be like, it's like, calm down, silly. It's not It's not for ages. Right. <laughs> the end of all things. It's yeah, not for
0: ages. You'll be long dead. What? <laughs> I'm going to die? Oh, boy. He really knows nothing. Uh, it's true. Children can't handle shit. They can't handle scary movies. They can't handle their liquor. So you think that a child should be exposed to a painting this scary? Terrible idea. Even if there's children in the painting. Because one of them has a gun, apparently. But believe it or not, this was only the beginning of the horrible events that were taking place in this house now that the painting had arrived. And we're going to hear all about every one of those events right after a quick break. Rory here from Swamp Boots. Are you looking for a new way to express yourself through fashion? Tired of wearing dry shoes that aren't possible evidence in a missing person's case? Then head on over to Swampboot.store! That's right, because of legal complications and court orders, all of the website links that we talk about on this episode are offline. But don't worry, our boots are still available at Swampboot.store! All of our boots are locally sourced and come in a variety of styles from frog green to toxic blue to swamp green, a slightly darker version of classic green. Who am I kidding? They're They're all green. green. So head on over to swampboot.store. Boots are better when they're wetter. Swampboot.store. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers.
2: If you are somebody who loves all things spooky then Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma, I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast and every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners and every Sunday we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost Stories wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest.
1: Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now.
0: We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot. And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com paranormallife Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Paranormal Life. Now, as I said, the little girl claimed the boy and The, the doll, doll
1: gave the little girl a gun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the gun came out of the painting. <laughs> Imagine that. The little girl goes up to the parents like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the painting's looking at me. Uh, the parents are like, don't be silly, sweetie. It's just a painting. It can't harm you. Now let's get to sleep. It's like, the doll gave me this. <laughs> Whoa!
0: <Yeah>. Oh Jesus! <laughs> the doll says they're my real parents. <laughs> and now I don't know who to believe. <laughs> Look, the parents wouldn't have believed their daughter because we all know this. Kids are liars, criminals, thieves. You can't trust them. But the parents saw it for themselves. Not long afterwards, they had seen the same thing happening. The parents claimed on multiple occasions, they could see the strange hands behind the boy moving and clawing at him while he edged closer to the limit of the painting as if to try and escape. face pressed against the canvas like it's a window scratches on the painting.
1: he's trying to break out one day there's just a fist punching out of the (laughs) smash through the canvas
0: the wife stated in the ebay listing i don't believe in ufos or elvis being alive but my husband was alarmed after seeing the boy seemingly exit the painting under threat we decided this painting has to go Now, of course, a listing this strange, as you predicted, Kit, didn't go unnoticed by the paranormal community. It actually ended up going viral, and more than 30,000 people ended up visiting the auction page. It's the
1: year 2000. Where the f*** did it go viral? Wikipedia? Uh,
0: I don't know. Like, uh, forums, I guess. Okay. That was kind of the OG way of going viral.
1: I can actually uh, be, as I say, being uh, an e- eBay power user I can actually imagine how paranormal investigators might have come across this for one eBay was a much smaller platform back then a lower amount of items available but also simple keyword search of a paranormal investigator looking for a supernatural item or a haunted item would have pulled up this as a result something we should probably get into as well
0: exactly now it's all about like buzzwords and and funny ways to stand out amongst the the ocean of online content back then if you just typed in curse painting maybe even painting this would have been one of the first things that came up right (laughs) back then i could have sold dry boots I wouldn't have had to sell wet boots, swamp boots.
1: Yeah, the dry boot market is completely saturated. <laughs> it's
0: completely over Ironically saturated, like these sogging, <laughs> sogging boots. <laughs> Most boots, by default, come dry. So I thought the easiest way to stand out amongst the crowd uh, is to quite literally be a small fish in a big pond right. and be a wet boot in a big swamp. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to. I know we have a big thing to talk about today, so I don't want to talk too much about SwampBoots.com. Yes, I
1: mean, you actually, I would say, restrained yourself pretty well for the first half. You all didn't. Things he- considered. Yeah,
0: you didn't hear the ad break. Huh? There was there was like a three minute ad for Swamp Boots. It was extensive.
1: Jeez. Bro, we didn't sell any ads these things. this week. Yeah, because <laughs> we lose money if
0: we can't run ads, and you're telling me you're running an ad for this side business. The side business makes money because sometimes. People left a dollar or two in the boot.
1: (laughs) Can I just ask you, if you're going to be completely honest, how many boots have you sold this financial quarter?
0: I never said I was going to be completely honest. (laughs) To start.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, with that in mind, how many boots did you sell this quarter?
0: 2,500. Okay. But if I'm being completely honest? Yeah, please. Zero. (laughs) Sure. For sure. Ask me how many returns we've had though. Well you
1: couldn't you couldn't have any returns because you hadn't sold any in the first place.
0: Exactly. Not a single dissatisfied customer. <laughs> because there zero are no returns. customers. Zero <laughs> returns. Zero <laughs> complaints. <laughs> zero stars on the app store. <laughs>
1: this is a Buddhist e commerce business. <laughs> the perfect business. Zero sales, zero returns. <laughs> we haven't
0: had a single bad review ever. You or an adi- you any review, review. Yeah, yeah sure exactly
1: cool so you're not making any money but the hosting costs of the website extortionate sure
0: really expensive I had to buy swampboots.com from a tech startup in San Francisco. They actually created a pretty cool uh, kind of intelligent boot that could adapt to traversing swampland. (laughs) So it was going to be huge for like fishermen, explorers, scientists, that sort of thing. It was like a high-tech waterproof boot. And I bought it and said, I'm going to sell wet socks on your website. Now, knowing that 30,000 people ended up visiting this ebay listing kit can you guess how much the painting eventually sold for
1: okay well you're putting me on the spot as an ebay power user of course i'm more familiar with the market right now in 2024 but if i had to cast my mind back to the conditions in 2000 what do you say Thirty thousand views yeah okay and for a painting with a uh, reasonably potentially well-known provenance and artist Mm -hmm. uh, but was also found I back of a dumpster at one point. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say,
0: m- maybe we're coming full circle. Maybe 250 bucks. It eventually sold for 1,025 dollars. Wow, it's quite a lot. Yeah, it's a surprising amount, isn't it, for a painting like this? I guess word spread and enough people wanted to get their hands on this painting. It did pick up a penny. This is a this is a Y2K meme stock right yeah. here. This is the original NFT. Yeah. <laughs>
1: As in no f***ing thanks, <laughs> and that, I don't want it, and also it's worth absolutely Jonathan squat today,
0: <laughs> yeah. the owners woke up one day, and their bored ape handed them a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the bored apes were coming to life at night, drinking all the orange juice in the fridge. um, look, as I said before on this podcast, this isn't the first time that we've covered cursed paintings, yeah, we have covered. I think the first one we ever covered was the crying boy painting. Mm -hmm. One of your cases where I believe a painting of a crying boy essentially burned down every building that it was placed in.
1: Yeah, it became a bit of a a tabloid sensation here in Britain.
0: Yeah. Then we uh, quite recently covered the woman in the rain painting, which was not a double yes, but a single yes, joined by a no from Kit, unfortunately. A great case involving a cursed painting where, again, the owners said that the woman in the painting was moving, coming to life, walking around. Very spooky stuff. But I did a little bit more research and found a few more paintings that allegedly have been cursed throughout history to show you and to prove to you that this isn't a unique thing. Paranormal investigators and experts claim that paintings are one of the easiest objects to become cursed, haunted or paranormal uh, because of the artist or the creator pouring so much of themselves into the art Right, I was going to ask
1: why why that is the case but uh, okay, I get that uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Uh, I always say the paranormal is kind of a vibes economy Yeah. and so the vibes of the artist has gone into the work itself
0: So the first one that we'll talk about today is known as the portrait of Bernardo de Galvez Now, this painting of the Spanish general sits on display on the walls of a hotel in Galveston, Texas. It's said that those that take photographs of this painting will see a skull flash in front of them, destroying their photo of the artwork.
1: That's so specific. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, this one was quite unique. Actually, these examples I have are unique for this very reason. According to local folklore, visitors must politely ask permission from the painting itself to take a photo of it. Paranormal investigators believe that this is because there is some sort of ghost living within the painting that doesn't like being photographed.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: So kind of Robert the Doll style, you kind of have to talk to it and ask permission to take a photo or interact with it.
1: This does seem to line up nicely with the intentions of the galleries themselves, which are kind of notoriously no photographs. Sure. So it's a pretty good story to be like, if you take a photograph,
0: they'll eat your soul. Right, so oh, don't do it. And if you don't buy something from the gift <laughs> shop, misfortune will follow you. Yeah, Yeah. yeah it's, it's a sneaky little way of kind of enforcing their own rules. Potentially, just a thought. Potentially, potentially. Next up is the famous Painting of a Lady by the artist Juan Luna. Now, there's a pretty obvious reason why this painting would be cursed, and it's because the painting is a portrait of of the artist's wife, who unfortunately he later murdered. Woo! According to the legends, the painting is now possessed by the spirit of the lady who enforces her wrath on whoever is in possession of it. According to online sources, past owners have died in car crashes, been forced into bankruptcy, among other misfortunes. And if that wasn't enough suspicious activity for you, During the opening night of an exhibition at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the spotlight bulb that hung over the painting exploded! Wow. Pretty crazy stuff, huh? But one of the most terrifying cursed paintings that I came across in my research is a piece of art called The Anguished Man. You're gonna want to brace yourself for this one, because I haven't seen a piece of art this cursed since The Lion King. (laughs) The legend goes that the painting was created by an artist who mixed his own blood into the paint. (laughs) The painting came to the interest of paranormal investigators after a man named Sean Robinson inherited it from his grandmother, who had kept it locked in her attic for 25 years.
1: You mean Meemaw was keeping the, the paranormal goods locked away? Why did she have this?
0: Get rid of the painting. If it's been in the attic, locked in there for 25 years in a treasure chest, what is the point in having it this anymore? That's what I'm saying. I think we've established it's pretty easy to get rid of a painting by just putting it in the dumpster
1: behind a bar. Mima was back in 1924, taking it off the wall, and she was like, Someday there'll be a website called eBay. <laughs> I don't actually know what a website is yet, but it'll be worth something someday.
0: <laughs> she claimed that the reason she locked it up in the attic was because every time it was hung on the walls, she would start to hear voices and crying echoing throughout the house. Eventually, peaking when she spotted a quote-unquote shadow man wandering around her home. Yeah, that's dreadful. Now, when Sean got the painting, he thought these were all just tall tales. So he put this thing on display at his family home. And believe it or not, he and his family started to experience the exact same phenomenons. Strange voices, crying sounds, and even the shadow man. Things eventually climaxed when his wife felt a ghostly hand stroking her hair and his son was pushed down the stairs. (laughs)
1: lead with the second one (laughs) lead with the second one that was attempted murder (laughs) it's it's like I can tell it's like my son's pretty built he can take that but touching my wife is where I draw the line cross the
0: line buddy I like to think this shadow man ghost figure was like was like hey it's me the guy from the painting you guys see me I'm stroking your wife's hair hey hey I'm stroking her hair Hey, over! All right, you want to do this? Yeah! Pushes the kid down the stairs. <laughs> I right, pushed your kid over! Do you see me now, you son of a bitch? Now, of course, these paintings don't have any real relation to The Hands That Resist Him, the painting that we're talking about today, but I just wanted to include them in the story to provide a catalog of evidence to prove to you that there's a long history of paintings allegedly containing some sort of paranormal energy.
1: You told me the Anguished Man was the most f***ed <laughs> up thing you've ever seen, and then you didn't show it to me.
0: I said one of. Do you want to see it? <laughs> sure. The painting made with a human's blood? <laughs> why Why would you show me
1: everything up to this point, and then just stop short of the most f***ed up painting you've ever seen.
0: I showed you the first one. You almost had a heart attack, and it's just a picture of a doll and a boy. <laughs> well, I'm curious now. This w- this what? one is well, proper. I'm going to be pretty
1: curious once you tell me the painting pushed a man down a set of stairs.
0: <laughs> pushed a boy. Okay. It pushed a boy down the stairs. Look, if you want to see it, you can see it. <laughs> this painting is so f- up. It's pro. It's properly terrifying. Just remember, you asked for this while you're looking at this picture.
1: <laughs> it's a very <laughs> it's a very low res image. Also the people displaying the image have propped up skulls next to it to I really that, yeah. add to the flavor of the image. It is creepy. It's very creepy.
0: It looks like a nuclear bomb has gone off and this is a picture of someone who was looking directly at the blast and they are burning on fire and simultaneously their skin has kind of melted into one layer uh it is horrible
1: yeah i feel it's like
0: it's horrible
1: see i like i love like uh you know metal music and stuff like that I, and but you know i've never understood why you know there's so many people like boomers and stuff out there who they're like i don't understand it why would people want to make something so angry Yeah, um, it's just dark and depressing and i like to listen to stuff that's uplifting uh, a thought that's never resonated with me. That's how I feel about this painting. <laughs> I don't get it. Why would someone want to make this? It just makes me feel sad.
0: Right. They could have painted sunflowers <laughs> or yeah, a rainbow. Exactly. Why would they paint this?
1: So I understand that I am not the intended audience for this one. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty strong art style. Do you know how I can explain how creepy this painting is? Go on. I just Google searched it, uh, went to images. And Google has automatically safe search blurred some of the results. (laughs) And when I unblur them, it's just the painting. (laughs) But they're like, this is so weird and messed up. We have blurred some of this because we think it's illegal and criminal. At my house, at my house, I've been in my
1: house with my wife, uh, my daughter and I for about two Years And I was just bemoaning the other day. I was like, you know, we've been here two years. And I was like, it's totally my fault because my wife's put up a couple pieces of art, a couple posters framed around the house. I've put up nothing. Uh, but I was bemoaning it, saying like, do you know, this is the this is the one thing we're missing. We've got some cool furniture now. Yeah. The f- place is feeling cozy. You've been there. You know what it's like. But the walls are bare. And I'm not a big visual art guy, but th- when walls are bare, the walls are bare. You need something up there, even if it's a cool... like it's even cool when people just put up like uh, cool props like a big like p- mount a surfboard on the wall yeah. or put up some posters framed or whatever uh, and I was like M- we need to find some art and art can be expensive but we'll find something that we like It's inexpensive and just makes us feel more homely now I'm thinking that. There's too big of a risk. This is a kind of occupational hazard. Why would I even risk the possibility, even if I did get a painting of a sunflower and brought it into my home, how do I know that the artist wasn't jacking off using a <laughs> f-ing upside down cross and talking to Satan right. while he was making the thing? And suddenly, uh-oh, my daughter is now possessed.
0: Yeah, you could buy a, a picture at a, a cafe of like a little girl uh, holding a, a dog by the beachside and then w- when you get to the checkout they're like oh yeah it's pretty interesting so the dog is the little girl's guide to the underworld <laughs> you're like put it back put it back then cuz i don't want a guide to the underworld <laughs> right they, they
1: yeah. i like the idea that they, they're scanning some kind of barcode and then you know the product flashes up <laughs> and it's like demon being guided by hades <laughs> to the underworld you're like is that the same is that the right code for that painting he's like oh yeah that dog's called hades yeah
0: he's f-ed up, man yeah it's crazy the artist mixed his jizz in with the paint. <laughs> I right, put it on the wall. Why are you selling this?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why we need character references for the artists that they weren't weirdos, they weren't Satanists, they weren't perverts. Yeah. Uh, and that they had good vibes going into the, the painting.
0: Unfortunately, uh, the Venn diagram of artists and weirdos is a complete circle. Yeah. It's, it's an it's its entire crossover, as two artists ourselves. Um, look. We've heard a lot of crazy stories today. I get it. But at the end of every episode, as always, we have to come down on a yes or a no, whether or not we think there's truth to this, whether or not we think this really is paranormal. Kit, what are you thinking today?
1: You know, like we said earlier, a number of hallmarks of classic curse cases. Um, you know, the provenance we talked about, where it came from, the the mysterious circumstances. Now, this one didn't have like a Tutankhamun-level curse in, no. the, in the beginning. It was more just... The artist put his trauma into the painting and then it was passed on to other people. Now we have a couple of people who were badly affected in the early days. And then of course, as you say, climaxing with this couple who um, had a litany of bad things happen. But I think personally, we're still hitting that same wall of uh, curses and the physical evidence. Let's face it. It only really became properly, quote unquote, paranormal with the latest couple. Before that, It was probably coincidental deaths. I mean, what was it, two, three people?
0: Yeah, and I found very little evidence to back up whether or not those deaths even took place, being honest with you.
1: I mean, it was a long time ago as well. it was Jesus, it was 50 years ago.
0: Uh, And, you know, for example, as I said, one of the recent paintings we covered, Woman in the Rain, which I gave a yes to, the origin of that painting started with the artists themselves saying that while they were creating it, they felt like their body was being possessed yes. and a force was telling them to create this painting. Uh, for the record, the hands him. the person that won the eBay listing in the end, actually went to the effort of tracking down the original artist, Stoneham. Cool. And when he was informed about its cursed legacy, he was completely surprised. He had no intention of it being cursed. There was no like... Reason why it should have had this kind of legacy. So, very different from paintings that we've investigated in the past. Yeah. So, this seems like something that had cropped up in the years following the painting rather than the actual creation of itself, which, I mean, that alone would signify that probably this isn't a cursed painting.
1: <laughs> yeah, if the guy who made it doesn't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about, <laughs> it's
0: like, it has a gun? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shadow. Chill. <laughs> Yeah, so hey, I'm happy to take the lead today. It is going to be a no from me this week. It's a double no. Damn, but hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I had a blast. You know, we've done a few cursed paintings now and they're always a fun one because you never know how cursed the painting is going to be. Does it give people bad luck or, like in today's case, does the painting come to life and the people inside it start wandering around the apartment? It's a very fun kind of little subcategory of cursed objects.
1: Well, let me tell you, Roy, this is incredibly apt because uh, it was your episode this week. Next week means it's my episode of oh, uh, yeah. my investigation. And we're going to be taking another look at paintings. It's going to involve paintings in a, thankfully, don't worry, a completely different way, but another way that is very paranormal. So, you know, keep that gallery membership going we're going to be hanging out in galleries again but looking for something quite different that's all i'll say
0: hell yeah which is quite exciting because we've been chasing that double yes ever since we started in the new year we had two ufo cases i believe got very close to a double yes on the ninth which was the florence ufo case where kit said yes i needed that little bit more we were very close so uh almost got a double yes in the first month of the year. You're going to want to tune back in next week to see if we can secure it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you could say very close Ooh, whenever very close. you because you said no. So, you know, uh, in the words of Vin Diesel, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, no is a no. All
0: right. Uh yeah, that's that's true. It it you know, as soon as one person decides it's a no, the whole thing is a no. It wasn't yeah. a double yes. Uh, but hey, I always stay open-minded. I'm always ready to be convinced. So next week you've got some good um, evidence. Well
1: I guess you woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day because you weren't open-minded on the 8th uh, or the 9th.
0: I was pretty open-minded. No, I, I think I was say so. I, mean, I was excited about the Spiders, I think.
1: I think actually if you watch the video I think Rory was scrolling on his phone for half of it if we're <laughs> honest. But uh <laughs>
0: That's because I was checking the sales figures for Swampboot.com. That's right. right. We couldn't end the episode without one last little plug. Do you ever just walk around town and think, my foot is too damn dry? No one's ever felt that. Sometimes. Sometimes. You're like, it's so hot in my shoe. If only I had a damp, moldy shoe with a frog poking out of the toe. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be a conversation starter? You ever heard of peacocking? Yes. Well, I found some of these shoes in a peacock's nest.
1: (laughs) It's Down
0: in Louisiana.
1: Do I need to state the damn obvious, which is swamp? But you know that trench foot is a thing. It's like a disease. What? That you get from wearing boots that have been in a swamp.
0: Trench foot. Dot com that's a great idea yeah, no, what? no well, that
1: definitely exists for people trying to recover from the illness known as trench foot a disease famously uh, contracted by soldiers in the trenches of the war
0: because their feet were so dry that they oh so wet so wet okay you're they saying didn't that's have
1: waterproof a, boots
0: that's a bad thing yeah but then okay so but they were their problem was they were putting their dry boots in wet. Okay, but if you put your wet boots in wet, then you're fine, right? because they I think, were already I think wet on to day begin one with.
1: of the war, they put their dry boots in wet every day thereafter of World War two <laughs> was a wet boot in wet
0: okay, so it very much just became yeah. a swamp boot almost immediately. you could actually
1: make the argument that the probably in the trenches at some point, there probably was a guy selling. Used boots, and that was technically the first swampboot.com website. <laughs>
0: right. So, you're saying we've got kind of like a nostalgia factor here. It's vintage. Okay. It's vintage. It's awesome. Nothing
1: I say is going to go into your head. I'm in too deep. Because you're sunk. sunk. The costs are sunk.
0: Oh, the boots are sunk <laughs> <laughs> to the bottom of a f-ing swamp.
1: Bottom of a bog. That's right. Bogboot.com coming <laughs> summer 2024.
0: Pre order now. I think it's going to be a big year. Get, get my premium Converse Bog Stars. They are the best shoots Fox. you will find. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, if you like the show and you want to listen to more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. That's where you want to go if you want to get bonus episodes, if you want to support the show. You know, th- this show is uh, is community-funded, listener-funded. It's the only reason that we can record every week and continue to make this show. So if you want to show your support and get a bunch of cool extra content, head over there to patreon.com forward slash Life. And hey, we know not everyone has the money to be able to support the show financially. If that's you... Get out. No, 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 no. If that's you... We're just glad you're here listening every week. That itself Hit is enough. the street. Hey, how'd
1: you afford? <laughs> you must be listening on a phone. That's
0: funny. How'd you afford a phone? No, if you're no, claiming, no. A bad sorry, idea. If you're out here claiming you have no money. How'd you get the phone? They might not be listening on a phone. You can listen on anything. Laptops. You can listen on. Oh, a laptop. Oh, All the right. thing that's even more
1: expensive than a phone. So that's interesting. You hypocritical chump. Who are you talking to? Directly to the to the listeners. So you, this is insane <laughs> no, to me. It's, it's not. This is crazy to me. Do you have I, any idea how much an iPhone is? What I was going to say. I, in the next, and then in the next sentence, they're like pulling out their pockets like a Looney Tunes character, and a little moth flies out, and they're like, "Oh, I don't have like three pounds or whatever it costs." That's crazy. I mean, it's
0: nice just to get reviews that's like a really that's almost as you know valuable as the monetary kind of contribution so just review us online that doesn't cost anything that's really nice five stars leave a nice comment share with your friends you know yeah
1: whatever yeah review that's that's pretty cool as well yeah yeah. and
0: then if you do have a little bit of change you want to support the show
1: oh you do have some change (laughs) now oh oh so everything's changed again pun intended
2: (sighs) We ignore, it, ignore, ignore him. Ignore him.
1: Decide what it is. Do you have change or you don't have change? <laughs>
0: you refused to tip the waitress at lunch today. Yeah, well, she did a bad job. She was very kind. She refilled your coffee seventeen times. <laughs> Which was insane because sometimes you hadn't finished it and you just asked for a fresh Which cup. Which
1: meant I needed 16 bathroom breaks and then she refused to give me the key to the bathroom after bathroom break 15. So yeah, she wasn't getting a tip. It's insane. Also, I asked for my eggs to be over easy and they were easy. So I asked her, so, for, so I called for the manager and asked for her to be fired on the spot.
0: <laughs> you want easy? Here's an easy decision. No tip. <laughs> i'm gonna make this transaction over easily <laughs> zero money you're like well you owe me money for the breakfast they're, they're no like, Sir, no
1: there's a there's a mandatory 12.5 percent tip here's a tip kill yourself <laughs> I, I get arrested Oh <laughs> pressed up against the deli
0: glass <clears throat> uh thank you for listening i don't remember exactly what i was saying but hey Check, check out uh, check out the Patreon. The reviews
1: actually... The <laughs> I've reviews customer, I've the review. <laughs> I was being grumpy. The reviews actually make a big <laughs> difference. They do. So, yeah, the reviews are great. Because uh, I think we didn't realize until recently... Because for, for a while, I think there were only reviews on Apple Podcasts and maybe Google. But I didn't know about Spotify. Spotify can review us too.
0: Yeah. And I think yeah, Spotify is even
1: bigger than Apple Podcasts now. So, uh, yeah, if you're sitting, listening on Spotify, uh, wherever you're listening, make sure you are hit subscribe, hit follow. Um, and uh, smash that five stars.
0: Make sure you do it. And then, of course, head over to swampboots.com. Okay. You
1: had your plug in the middle by all the cons.
0: Boots are better when they're wetter. Swampboots.com. Bye bye. <laughs>
2: If you are somebody who loves all things spooky then Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma, I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast and every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners and every Sunday we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost stories wherever you get your podcasts.